Today on Locked On Ducks Hockey, the price is wrong for the Ducks as they lose in overtime to the Canadiens. Plus, more of my interview with Sarah Avampado on today's Locked On Ducks Hockey, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bonjour, comment ça va? Bienvenue à Locked On Ducks. I'm not going to speak French again. Uh, don't forget, you'll get fresh daily content Monday through Friday about the OC's hockey team. And be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And also, you can find all the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. Last night, the Ducks were at Centre Bell, and if you heard Wednesday's show, there was a nice little preview with myself and Laura Saba from Locked on Canadiens. We talked about this game, and there was a couple players that we mentioned. I mentioned Derek Grant, greatest player in hockey, and she mentioned Suzuki. So, of course, both those guys would figure into the score. Of course, she mentioned Nick Suzuki being a great player, and guess what happened? He scored in the first period. Yeah, first period, the Ducks got off to a fast start. They were putting up good shots, good quality shots on Carey Price, who indeed did start for Les Habs. Carey Price looked fantastic that first period. The Ducks had some high-quality chances. They had some good chances on their first power play of the game. Only a minute in, Victor Mate got a delay of game penalty. And then not long after that, Montreal took another penalty from Ben Sherio. He got caught for hooking. So the Ducks had two very early power plays, and they got their shots on goal on those power plays. They just didn't connect. So unfortunately, the Ducks didn't get on the board there. But Nick Suzuki on the Canadiens' power play, and this happened on a Nick Ritchie penalty. Uh, Nick Suzuki got a fantastic pass from, uh, well, he actually, he got a pass from Thomas Tatar, and then Jeff Petrie passed it off to Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki was kind of in the inner perimeter you know, inside the blue line, and just let her wrister go. And nice block, nice blocks out in front by the Canadians. John Gibson didn't really see the release. He saw the end of it. He just could not catch up to it. So Nick Suzuki got the power play goal to put the Canadians up one to nothing. Going into the second period, the Ducks would start firing once again. And about halfway through the second period, Jakob Silverberg, he was flanked by multiple Canadians. And Ricard Raquel kind of placed himself. No, Ricard Raquel parked himself behind Carey Price, behind the net. And Raquel just found a not wide open. At the time, it was wide open, but Jakob Silverberg started to get guys on him. He was flanked by a couple of Canadians players, but Silverberg's release was just very deceptive on this goal. Fantastic job there. Jakob Silverberg with the 16th goal of the season to tie the game up at one goal apiece. And upon looking at that goal, all five Canadians players were somewhere around him. No one was looking at Raquel behind the net. No one was playing that puck behind the net. So they waited until Raquel made that pass to Silverberg. That is not something that Canadians should do. They should not just be waiting around to see what happens. Not a great move by them, but that was the Ducks' fortune as they took advantage of that I don't want to call it a miscue because Montreal did try to defend it, but they could have defended that better, especially when you have four or five guys right there put some sticks on the ice. I understand that was a long shift for them, and a couple of those players were probably tired, but that's how it goes. 
Four minutes after that, however, Brendan Gallagher would get his 18th goal of the season on a pretty pretty nice shot, I would say. You know, found found the hole. And I have to give credit, and I can't believe I am saying this once again. I have to give credit to Ilya Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk found the puck deep in the corner and had a great pass to Brendan Gallagher. So, I mean, Gallagher had a nice goal, but I have to give credit to Kovalchuk there. That was a great play. Great job keeping control of the puck and finding the perfect pass to Gallagher to make it 2-1 Canadians. So I know what... Ducks and Kings fans are saying, well, Kovalchuk, there goes that guy again. And of course, Kings fans are saying, why couldn't he do this with the Kings? What's up with that? Kings fans, I assure you it gets worse. <laughs> the trade deadline is coming. It might get worse before it gets better. I'm moving over into the third period. Guess who strikes once again? It is the Elite 1C, Derek Grant with this 12th goal of the season. That ties a career high, by the way, for goals in a season. Derek Grant's career high is 12. He got that mark. And that was kind of a tip shot from Derek Grant on a pass from Carter Rowney. Grant picked up the puck in his in the own offensive zone. Grant picked it up, passed it off to Rowney. Rowney kind of shuffled it back to Grant, and he kind of tipped it towards the net. Just went past Carey Price to tie the game up at two goals apiece. So a great piece of work by Derek Grant. With a minute and a half left in regulation, the Ducks had a golden opportunity to win the game to put the Ducks ahead 3-2 in regulation. Jakob Silverberg was on the right side of the ice, and he had what looked to be a top-shelf goal. A lot of the goal net was open as Carey Price had just given up a rebound. So there was Jakob Silverberg a few seconds later, Right there, right at that right side, ready to wrist it in. And here comes Carey Price stacking the pads. That was an unbelievable save by Carey Price. You know, he had his legs up. He went full body out, balls out. You know, one of the more acrobatic saves that we've seen all season against the Ducks. And I have I have to give credit to Carey Price. I just have to. That was an amazing stop. He went old school there. He stacked the pads. He got in there and just said, Nah, give me that. Take that goal away. And take the goal away he did. That would have been Jakob Silverberg's second of the game. And this a little bit after, you know, um, Nick Suzuki. He got absolutely robbed by John Gibson. Uh, Suzuki had what looked like an open net. And John Gibson just said, Give me that. With the glove hand, Gibson saves it. With stacking the pads, Price saves it. So thanks to some great goaltending, this game would go into overtime. However, only 25 seconds into the overtime, Jeff Petrie would get the game-winning goal. And what happened here was there was a turnover from the Ducks. I think it was Kasha who turned it over. Uh, and getting it was Joel Armia. Armia then passed it to Jeff Petrie. And Petrie had a perfect, perfect shot. John Gibson went out of his crease, made himself look big. But Jeff Petrie, he found the top left corner, bar down shot, barely, barely past the shoulder of John Gibson. It was that one inch hole that Petrie had to shoot it at to get the goal. And that's exactly what happened. As Montreal would go on to win 3-2 to two in overtime. However, the Ducks pick up another standings point, And for what it's worth... They fall further and further away from that number one overall pick. 
Uh, stats for the game. The Ducks had 37 shots on goal. Montreal 27. And they were good quality shots. Just some fantastic goaltending by Carey Price. Love to see it. Uh, power play. 1 for 5 for Les Habs. 0 for 2 for the Anaheim Ducks. Boy, they are just continuing to plummet further and further down as far as power play percentage goes. Yeesh. Uh, as far as hits, Canadians had 25 hits, Ducks 22. Kind of a physical game, but really, I I think it was about the goaltending on this game. I think Gibson and Price were fantastic. That was a fun game to watch as far as defense and goaltending. So the Ducks pick up a point. They play tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Ducks fans are familiar with the goaltender for Toronto. That would be none other than Jack Campbell. Yes, the former LA King backup, Jack Campbell, who has played against Anaheim. He's going to start tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You heard that right. Frederick Anderson is out for the next couple of games. So it'll be Jack Campbell in net for the Maple Leafs against the Ducks. How about that? You have Kyle Clifford's first game against Anaheim. You have Jack Campbell making his first start for Toronto against his former biggest rival. And Campbell's familiar with a lot of these guys. Remember, Jack Campbell played for the Ontario Reign, and he's seen a bunch of these guys when they were down in San Diego. So this is a fantastic matchup. I look forward to that. The game begins tonight at 4 p.m. Pacific. You can see that game, I think, on Prime Ticket, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm stalling so I can check. See, I know the times. I just never know what the channels are. And it is indeed Prime Ticket once again tonight at 4 o'clock. And Sunday, don't forget, it is a noon game against the Buffalo Sabres. That game begins at 12 noon Pacific time. And just in case you're out in SoCal, you know, here's here's the plan what you guys should do. On Sunday, watch the Ducks game on TV on Prime Ticket. That game begins at noon. And then afterwards, instead of watching some movie award show afterwards, drive down to San Diego, check out the San Diego Goals, they have a game at 5 o'clock Pacific time. And that is also a Fox 5 game for those of you that are kind of in the area that want to see it on TV. That's a Fox 5 game. So check that out. Uh, San Diego, once again, on Sunday, they take on the Bakersfield Condors. So there, there's your perfect Sunday afternoon. Before we head into the first intermission, I want to tell you how Locked on Ducks can make advertising work for you. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Ducks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ducks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Anaheim Ducks fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com forward slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777. Once again, that's advertising to double three triple seven or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. And coming up after the first intermission, 
more of my interview with Sarah Avampado from Locked On Kings. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just to peel back the curtain a little bit, um, I was supposed to have an interview with Joe DiBiase to preview the Sunday game of the Ducks versus the Buffalo Sabres. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. And as it turns out, Buffalo's getting a ton of snow right now. So we're unable to have a preview show. Hopefully, we'll have him on Monday to review or I guess recap Sunday's game against the Buffalo Sabres. In the meantime, I always have a plan B, and this is kind of a fortuitous plan B, because this coming Sunday at the Ponda, or sorry, Saturday at the Ponda, the U.S. women and the Canadian women will face off against each other in the finale of the rivalry series. There are tickets still available, so I would definitely check that out if I were you. Once again, Team USA versus Team Canada women's hockey at the Pond this coming Saturday. And why is this appropriate? Well, I'm going to share more of my interview with Sarah Avampato. And we talk about the state of women's hockey. We talk a little bit about the 3-on-3 tournament at the NHL All-Star Game. So here is some more of that interview coming your way right now. Uh, Let's talk about, let's talk about, I don't know, the All-Star Game, I guess? Yeah, Anthony Stollers. Oh my gosh. I mean, he, he for me, he kind of stole the show um, in terms of performances in net, uh, particularly a, because he tried, yes. uh, which overall, I feel like the, the caliber of try in the AHL All-Star <laughs> game was a little higher, I think, than we saw in the NHL All-Star game. Um, <laughs> can, can we briefly touch on the fact that the NHL All-Star game and the skills exists. competition <laughs> exist? I've gone through a whole week. And even yesterday, I have not talked about the NHL All-Star Game once. No. So this is going to be our hot minute on yes. the NHL All-Star Game. The skills competition was weird. <laughs> Shooting at a screen I sucks. I hated that. And doesn't work. <laughs> Bring back the styrofoam. Someone came over to our area. Actually, it was one of the Kings guys that came over to our area. And he said, um, and I remember this. I'm going to quote him. I won't say who it is, but I'll say, quote, it's so much more fun destroying styrofoam instead yeah. of shooting on the screen. Yeah. End quote. <laughs> yeah. Like, the screen's stupid. No, it was totally It was bad. not functioning correctly. Also, it broke at the beginning. Thank you. <laughs> it was dumb. And that whole shooting off the platform thing, yeah. what the hell like, was that? I thought that was, it was kind of neat. Like, I liked that they tried something new. Um, and I, I kind of said this in the, the lead-up to the event, um, and I think a little bit afterwards on my show, um... You know, part of it was, you know, because they worked in the women's hockey stuff, um, you know, that took a little bit of time away from the events, which is fine because every year there's events that the players and the fans and everyone just complains about. Like that one where they had to shoot the pucks into the stupid little tiny nets or whatever. Um, Everyone hated it. All the players hated it except for like, wasn't it like John Tavares or something a couple years ago who just got like all of them right in a row. Like he loved it. But everyone else, like Drew Doughty, constantly complained about it. I'll give you another <laughs> example about it. Um, three years ago at the, in L.A. at All-Stars for that, they had the shooting, I guess, challenge where you shoot at a target. And Mike Smith for the Arizona Coyotes. Yes. Do you remember this? Yes, I was he there. Shot, you, were, wait, you were there? Yeah, I was there. So was I. Yeah. 
<laughs> Folks, we're discovering that we're in the same circles, and it's a small world, especially the hockey world. I had no idea that Sarah was there, and she had no idea that I was there. See, is this how we know we're legit, that we're, like, in the same circles? I'm going to say yes, because it'll make me feel better about myself. Yeah. See, frenemies, guys. It's frenemies. <laughs> I know kings and ducks are supposed to hate each other, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, we're all hockey fans here. Let No, let's be honest. We are all hockey fans here. That All-Star was fun. Yeah. But that contest was weird, and it was weird cheering for Mike yes, Smith it, on that it one. it hurt me. But that was also the only good part about that whole competition was Mike yeah. Smith stor- scoring the goals. Like, they got rid of that. So I like the fact that they've realized that things haven't worked and that they have tried to tweak it to change it up. So yeah. I respected that about the no. weird shooting from there, the sky thing. But there was there was an obvious highlight yeah. on Friday night. Like to me there was one obvious highlight and that was a three on three women's yes. tournament. That was amazing hockey to watch. They were super competitive yes. too. Oh yeah. And I'm going to plug this on my behalf because this is a Ducks <laughs> podcast and it's too bad you're not going to be here for this. <laughs> There's a tournament going on, a three-on-three tournament, and they're going to play February 8th at the Ponda. And I, oh, I'm so there for that, by the way. Like, you cannot keep me away. I'm going to that. I'm going to enjoy myself, and it's going to be a blast. Yeah. So I invite all of you fans to check that out. Um, I'm gonna. I'll let you talk while I, um. What was your take on the three-on-three tournament? I, I, uh, for the women or for the for men? For the women. Good, because I don't want to talk about the men's tournament. For the women, um, obviously. It was way better. <laughs> I, I thought it was amazing. Like, as someone who has followed women's hockey for a long time, um, I didn't get my start in hockey writing about women's hockey, but I did spend a little bit of time reporting on it uh, years ago, kind of before it even became the big moment movement that it is now. Um and you know, have gone to NWHL games and have gone to Women's Worlds whenever they held it in Detroit, uh, near Detroit a couple years ago. Uh, so I've been a longtime fan of the women's hockey game. And to see them get that platform and to see them be able to introduce it to people who, you know, maybe have never seen women's hockey before, never had like the reason or thought to seek it out or didn't know that it existed. Um I thought was really great and really special. And of course you couldn't get more competitive than USA versus Canada. Um, and mm-hmm. you're seeing the absolute best players in the game. Like Marie, Marie Philippe Poulin, who plays for Canada is just, you know, people call her the Sydney Crosby of women's hockey, which I think is underselling how good she is. Honestly. Um, I saw her play when she was in college and she had just come back from the Olympics and she was the best player on the ice, like for both teams, just you know, skating circles around everybody. Like, you know who I saw play in person kind of randomly was Jocelyn Lamoureux. Oh. And could you guess why? No. Her brother used to play for the Ontario Reign of the ECHL, oh. Mario Lamoureux. Oh. Back at back in the CJ stretch, Colton <laughs> Yellowhorn, Mario Lamoureux wow. days, back when they had that whole Lethbridge connection wow, line didn't there. And, you know, she'd come out to the arena once in a while. Yeah. And she was a blast. And I'm discovering that I actually cannot go to that game for reasons. Oh, no. Um, because I am working an event at Toyota Arena. Um, I'm going to be working the Ontario Rain game. But everyone else should go. But everyone else should go. It's pink at the rink night, that's why. Ah, uh, that's, yeah, that's yeah. a big one. So I will not be able to watch the women's hockey, and I'm sad about that. But it's also pink in the rink night at Toyota Arena for the rain. <laughs> Which you guys should check out too. But if you're not going to 
a minor league hockey game, you guys have got to check out USA versus Canada. Yes. It's going to be so worth it. And I'm really sad that I cannot go to that. Yeah. And I feel like if you've, if you've never seen women's hockey, um, if you missed them on the, the all-star game thing, if you're someone who's like, oh, the women's hockey game is boring, it's slow, whatever, like put every thought that you have about it out of your mind because uh, these teams are fast, they are competitive, they do stuff with the puck that you don't see in the NHL because they have to be better at puck control and stick hand, like handling and you know doing wild stuff with the puck. Um, you see so much more skill and inventiveness and creativity uh, from these women, even in kind of a friendly scrimmage, uh, than you'll see nightly honestly in many of the it's usa canada it's not completely friendly no yeah it's it's friendly in the terms of it doesn't mean anything for any standings anywhere yeah but uh that anyone who says there's no contact or hitting in women's hockey has never watched a usa canada game or honestly any women's hockey game honestly if you're any man out there and you say i could handle them um no they will check you to the ground (laughs) And I've and I've played like you said, like you know, beer league hockey, like co-ed. Yeah. No, they'll check you. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've worked youth like the sixteen AAA games, and sometimes they mix the teams. You know, the girls and the yeah. guys play on the same team. And on a couple of teams, I won't say who, but there are girls that play better than the boys, and they have more skill and a little more speed, and yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. So go go, go see it. Anyone in the Anaheim area. I'm very jealous that I don't live here and can't go to see that. But you'd probably have to cover the rain game anyway. Dang it! Yes, I would. But it's pink at the rink night. Yeah, that's good. Those those games are always super special, no matter what. Unless you don't know that it's pink at the rink night, and then you go in and you're like, am I having a seizure? Like, what's wrong with my eyes? Well, see, here's the thing. The rain game is at 6 o'clock, and the USA-Canada game is at 730 but no, time I, doesn't work like that. <laughs> I wonder if I could transport from Ontario to Honda Center God, that sounds awful. on time. Because <laughs> I would assume the rain game would end at around 8.30, and it's half an hour. I could see the last 10 minutes of women's hockey. <laughs> I can't do it. Can no, I? that'd no. be crazy. That's a pipe dream right there. <laughs> but there is something else really cool there. The following day at Great Park Ice, they have like tri-sled hockey, girls try hockey for free. Uh, women's try hockey, blind hockey. Like, they have all this cool stuff. At, by the way, Great Park Ice is a fantastic venue in Irvine. Uh, that's where they have... That's where the Ducks the ducks practice there. They had the college game there. The one that I talked about. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Arizona State yeah. University versus Harvard yes. game. I can't believe that sold out. Yeah. Like, 2,500 fans to watch D1 hockey. We need D1 hockey out yes, here. Yes, in California. Yeah. Someone get on that. I don't know who, but someone do it. <laughs> Yeah, in the same vein that you said, like, like women's hockey is amazing to watch. Yeah. College hockey, D1 especially, yeah. those guys are skilled yeah. out there. I went to the Beanpot this past year, and it Lucky. was wild. Lucky. It was, it was a great experience. If you're ever in Boston, like, A, tickets are pretty inexpensive. My friend and I got really cheap tickets, and we were basically in, like, the fourth row. No, I'm and jealous, guys. If, <laughs> if you've ever been to TD Garden for a Bruins game, you would know that, like, $40 won't even get you in the door. <laughs> I know. I, I should know because I've been to TD Garden. <laughs> um, I went to, right after the Beanpot, the Kings were in town, and I went to a Kings-Bruins game and ended up paying a ridiculous amount of money. Um, it also happened to be, like, 
they were celebrating something about a milestone Patrice Bergeron had just hit. So it was even more like hard to get in the door. But so yeah, Beanpot, fantastic experience. Um, really great fun hockey and you get to see some guys who you know are going to go on to long NHL careers. Also, I saw Tamu Solani there. We've we've all met Tamu Solani here. <laughs> we've eaten at his restaurant too. <laughs> not not the fancy one, the quick the quick serve one, the penalty box. <laughs> which I've shown you the pictures of. Yes. Like the penalty box <laughs> See so we actually are like friend no we're friends. Yeah. But our teams I, just hate each other. Our, our teams hate each other. That's fine. But I've shared these food photos with Sarah, <laughs> and they're just amazing. So jealous. I think she's jealous. What are you more jealous of, the Gulls Donuts or the poutine at Pachanga Arena? <sighs> Gotta go with the poutine. The poutine yeah. there is amazing. Uh, you know, the guy, he's from Montreal, <laughs> and he has the legit Montreal poutine. And he has a Quebec Nordiques hat. If you're wearing a Quebec Nordiques yeah. hat, I think you're you legit. know. I think you know a thing or two about protein. Yeah, and we kind of went off on this tangent from the NHL. Whatever. So this well, is what. This happens. is how bad the NHL All Star Game was. Like we're it, talking about food again. No, this is how bad it is. We talk one minute, like I predicted, <laughs> about the NHL, and five minutes about women's hockey. Women's hockey yeah. needs to be more readily available. Yes. Like and WHL streams on Twitch. If you if you're a Twitch person, I'm too old for that, I think. But a lot of people are like, I'd like to watch women's hockey, but I don't know where to find it. The NWHL is literally on Twitch. So all of you like youths, I guess, that know what that is and how to use it. <laughs> I know what Twitch is. I'm not yeah. I'm <laughs> pretending. Um <laughs> A little bit. I've only watched like one thing on Twitch ever, but I get the gist of it. Um, I'm old, um, <laughs> but we're not that old, folks. No, we we, we know what Twitch is. Um, but you can watch NWHL games on Twitch. Um, I think the and I think the is, isn't Twitch that fancy thing with video gamers and stuff? Yeah, people like do stuff on it, and they they yeah. they they make money, and you click on things, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, you we're, can. We're you only can, partially joking, yes. folks. <laughs> but you can also watch women's hockey on it. So if you're ever like. I'd be like to more. I'd like to subscribe to your program about the ladies and the sports um, NWHL. Yeah, Twitch. On, on, honestly, they, yeah. they do a good job. I was glued watching the gold medal game, uh, the U eighteen game. I, I tweeted yeah. about it. Did you, yeah, did you watch any of that? Yeah, I streamed oh. a little bit of it. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> I was like, it's going into overtime. Okay, I'm gonna stay on here. Okay, it's going further in overtime. That was some of the best hockey yeah. I've seen. And those are kids. Like... Yeah, they were they were the U eighteen tournament. Yeah. Folks, get on this. Get on this. I'm really hoping. This goes off to another topic that was brought up on NHL All-Star Weekend. But this was brought up even just among people like around here. Don't you think that the NHL owes it to have some kind of women's hockey league? And there was the comparison made to the WNBA. Mm -hmm. How David Stern kind of brought the WNBA to the limelight back in 19... 96 where the first game was the Liberty versus the Sparks and there was four teams in the WNBA at the time and it started off slow but David Stern helped get the ball rolling I feel like that's something that could happen with the NHL too like yeah do you think a women's NHL would make sense I think it would but um the concern that I know from people in women's hockey is 
will the end up will the NHL have the women's best interest in mind? You know, That's, will it be marketed correctly, or will it just be marketed as like hot ladies on skates? Um, you know, the I I, I don't necessarily one hundred percent agree with the way that it's marketed by the NWHL or really anything that like. There's so much focus on like be a role model for children or whatever, but which is great. But also like, can we just celebrate the skill of these women and they don't have to constantly be someone like let's celebrate them for their skill and not like what they can mean to some like to yeah. a little kid or whatever. So I, I think that you know the end of the N NH- oh my god, <laughs> I think that the you know the NHL their financial backing and you know their commitment to a women's league would be great especially if they did it kind of like the the WNBA that they're like listen we know we're going to take a loss on this but this is something we believe in and yeah. unfortunately the N- the NHL I don't 100% get that they actually believe in it as a product yet I think right now they believe in it as something that is sort of culturally aware and gets attention and people want the NHL to be a part of it, but... So what kind of commissioner would it take for that to happen? Because, you know, Gary Bettman's been the commissioner for a yeah. long time. He's not going to be here... Oh, my God. <laughs> probably not till the end of the decade. Like, yeah. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I don't see Gary His Bettman... His clock is ticking. It's ticking. So it would have to be a new kind of commissioner yeah. to get that ball rolling. Yeah. I think you, you either need a new kind of commissioner or you need someone who knows who knows what they don't know and is willing to kind of hand over... You know, here is my deputy. Here is my VP, or whatever. And that person is someone who's very progressive and will have the ear of the commissioner and can push through, you know, a good agenda. And I, I don't think that any women's league can be created without women in control of it in some way. Um, which is the other concern is that in the NWHL, like so many of the teams are led by women or have their GM right. as and a I'm- woman. And um, I, I think that you need those voices and you need to create those opportunities. And if the NW, if the NHL is just going to turn it into like boys club with ladies on skates, like that's not what anyone wants. Right. And I'm very happy to have this conversation, honestly, because I feel like there's gaining momentum, you know, after the success of the last Olympics where they actually got very high ratings. And then you had, you know, women coming into the limelight for the past mm-hmm. two all-star games now for the NHL where you had uh, Kendall Coyne, mm-hmm. you know, she had a fast time. Yes, she's ridiculous. Yeah, she and, taught me how to hockey stop. Really? Yep. Did I'm still mind, terrible at would it. Would you mind hearing that story? So Kendall Coyne um, works a lot with the Blackhawks in... She does a lot of stuff like youth, youth initiatives and community initiatives. And I don't know if they do it so much now, because like I said, I'm semi-retired from playing. <laughs> um, but they have also done a lot of women's clinics in the past for adult women who, you know, from beginner on up to, you know, help work on skills and fundamentals. Right. And so a couple years ago, I went to one of these clinics and uh, Kendall Coyne was one of the people there kind of helping and guesting and showing people. And I am a terrible skater, like I said. Like I said, I just, no hand-eye body coordination. Um, I didn't even learn to skate until a couple of years ago. So I, oh, wow. you know, I'm very bad at it. My legs don't do what you're supposed to do. And stopping in any way was just not a skill that I had. Stopping was basically me just either slowing down <laughs> or bopping into the boards. I've been and there. We were working on kind of a drill of shuffling across the line and like, you know, skate, 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 stop, skate, 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 stop. And I just could not do it for the life of me. And Kendall Coyne came over and I was like, oh, crap, this is Kendall Coyne. Um, And she helped me kind of help me break down the mechanics of it and helped me understand what my legs and my feet and my body and my, where my weight was supposed to go. And I still wasn't good at it, but I at least understood it and could kind of do it. 
So <laughs> that's more than you could say it was before. Yes, and so yeah, and I talked a little bit about this on the Locked On NHL show. I do the Monday shows now. Um, By the way, congratulations on thank that. Thank you. Like, very happy to see, see you got promoted to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Jay Zawaski from the Blackhawks Black show uh, talked with Kendall Coyne for his show, so I played a little clip of that and talked about this as well. Um, but, you know, I think that speaks a lot to her as a person and as an educator. I don't know that, you know, teaching or instruction or coaching is what she wants to do or she wants to go with her career, but the fact that she could explain it to me, a 30-something-year-old lady who has no athletic skill whatsoever and could break it down and help me and be patient with me uh, until I got the basics of it, I think really speaks a lot to her um, and the way that she can like work with people and teach people and um, help grow the game of hockey. Yeah, because, you know, she does a lot of these clinics, you know, mostly youth. And you could kind of see the game growing in that sense mm-hmm. where you're seeing more girls teams. Um, you know, out here in SoCal, we have a plethora of girls teams that are beating the ever-loving oh, yeah. crap on <laughs> some of these boys' teams. I will just say that there was a youth <laughs> game I worked recently where there was a girls' team, uh, the LA Lions, that mm-hmm. beat the ever-loving crap out of their opponent, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but they are very skilled and very good, and I would not want to get in the way of one of their shots. As I pointed out with S. Preston, I asked him, is it just me? Or like, are we getting old or are they getting faster? And he kind of joked, like, we're getting older. Like, no. Like, both. <laughs> it's both. <laughs> but it's mostly, they're getting faster. So much faster. They're getting much faster yeah. these days. Especially the girls' skaters. Yeah. Like, they they can now skate circles around me and I kind of hate it. <laughs> <laughs> because of how well they skate. <laughs> that That's that's when you're going to hang up a little yeah. bit. Like, yeah, they're... They're very good. <laughs> I cannot wait to see how women's hockey grows in the next few years, to be quite honest yeah. with you. The momentum is growing so much to the point where I think with a new commissioner, I'm hopeful. I would like to see it personally. And if they were to have like the WNBA, like four teams, I would love to see four cities get it. Yeah. You know, make it national. Give LA a team. Yeah. Once again, my sincere thanks to Sarah Avampado from Locked On Kings for joining in our conversation. There's still a little bit more of our conversation that we have not uploaded yet. So there might be one more part to this interview series. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, you can download today's podcast or any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. We've got a lot of hockey this weekend. We've got a couple of Ducks games, one on Friday, one on Sunday. We've got a couple of goals games, also one on Friday, also one on Sunday. Uh, Saturday, I'll be at Toyota Arena. It's Pink at the Rink night. And I want to thank everyone for listening. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. This show would not be possible without all of you listening, so thank you very much. If you want to share your thoughts, hit me up on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Once again, I thank you for your support and I look forward to hearing from you. For Locked On Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great weekend. Check out some women's hockey at the Pond on Saturday. I'll hopefully see you at the arena and enjoy your weekend, Anaheim. (laughs) 